All right. Well, I'll be on the thesaurus for a half hour. And that uh, oop. Greetings, Internet. Welcome to But I'm Still a Good Person by Carolyn Nicholas. I'm your host, Carolyn Nicholas, and I'm joined by my vigorous husband, Vince Nicholas. Hello. I like that. Vigorous Vince, they call me. Hello, honey. Thank you for joining me at our dining room table for our little program here. Okay, so you and I have been on a documentary kick lately. True crime documentary. We can't get enough. And we have come across some really good ones. Yes. Today we're going to be talking about three documentaries we watched recently that just blew our minds, swept us in, engaged us fully. Loved it, yeah. And we can't get them out of our minds. Yeah. One specifically I keep thinking about continually. I don't know which one that is. The Maya one. Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that oop. I can't think of how to start my sentence except for so. Okay. So. I I don't want to say so, but I'm going to say it. And that oop. So. The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Yes. Natalia is a little girl born in the Ukraine mm-hmm. in 2003. Yeah. And she's born with a rare form of dwarfism. Yes. So uh, upon her birth, she's removed from her mother's care, put into the adoption uh, orphanage system. Over there. Yeah. Uh, shortly after she's born, ends up in America. Mm-hmm. In under the care of several families before yeah. finally being adopted by the infamous Christine and Michael Barnett. Yes. Under very suspicious or auspicious circumstances, very bizarre. Um, the adoption agency was like, okay, we have a girl for you. They wanted uh, another kid. And adoption agency, we have another girl. We have a girl for you. You have to agree within 24 hours without ever meeting her, without any information. They do. They fly uh, to Florida. Um, the handoff is very odd. Like they keep Natalia in one room and the Barnetts are in a separate room. So you get the sense that Natalia is saying goodbye to the previous family. And then they just walt- waltz her into the next room and say, here's your new family. Uh, yeah, very, very odd. The adoption process was very shady. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, rushed, forced. Yeah. And so immediately they they have her and they take her away from the adoption building and she's theirs all of a sudden. She becomes a menace to society. Um, Sociopathic behavior. uh, She collects knives under her bed. Um, She smears feces on furniture and and their car seats. Uh, She she, uh, displays a lot of anger. And who wouldn't have a lot of anger at that point, um, considering her life? But she's just she's just a headache for them. Uh, they don't know how to deal with her. Uh, and there's videos of her acting bizarre. But she's she's a kid. Um, but she's a kid under who's lived a uh, dire circumstances. Um, so who knows where the truth lies? Right. Um, I think. It's pretty obvious when you're hearing the stories that she's been through a lot of trauma. Yes. Uh, abandonment issues, neglect yeah. issues. Yeah. Who knows Who knows what kind of foster care system they have over in the Ukraine. Um, and uh, and they, at one point, an investigator goes over there, finds a woman who knows her mom. Her mom's on speaker. It's, it's very odd. Um, it goes through all reaches, but it's fascinating as heck. So... The Barnett's solution yes. to what do we do with this kid that 
it seems they don't want to deal with or have anymore. Right. Well, after having her in their care for two years, the Barnetts petition with the county court to update her birth records, changing her year of birth from 2000 to 1989. Yeah. So they instantly age her up. Yeah. They claim she's not a child. She's an adult. Yeah. And this is uh, allegedly based on the fact that she was having a period at the age of six. Right. She was having like her body was displaying changes that should have that show that she's already gone through puberty. Yeah. Uh, Her mom says something at one point on the phone like we've been dealing with her for 17 years. Um, Who knows when that this idea got into the Barnett's head, but they were like, this is our way out. We're going to run with it. Uh, it, so they re, re, re-age her, which is a whole process. They, they find a doctor who's like, okay, she's 22. <laughs> yeah, and a, a lot of, like, how do you determine somebody's age? Yeah. Um, like No records, some n- people, nothing. Some yeah. people say it's based on, like, you can look at their dental, like, look at their teeth and, yeah. like, gauge what age they are. But yeah. that is wildly inaccurate. Yeah. yeah, I say, are you ready to vote, Natalia? <laughs> Would you like a beer? Oh, you're 21 then? <clears throat> the uh, doctor claims that n- uh, the majority of his decision was based on Natalia herself saying, yes, I'm I'm an adult. Yes, right. I'm 18. Yeah. But who knows what really happened because Christine and Michael, the parents... There's a lot of allegations of abuse yeah. saying that they abused Natalia. They mm. were telling her what to say to, Neglect. Yeah. to different authorities. Yeah. And she was scared. She's a child. She's confused. So yeah. she just said and did what she was told to do. She may be a child. <laughs> uh, and you see video of her and she speaks like, I don't want to say a 22-year-old, but definitely not a, a 10-year-old or whatever, um, a, a small girl. Um, so they get this approved. wham bam she's 22 they're like okay here's an apartment (laughs) get out of here's your apartment and so she has to go live on her own and she may be 11 or 22 or whatever um and she has that's she has all sorts of issues well again it goes back to being um uh, a foster kid going through the system different countries but she doesn't know how to behave around people and so all her neighbors she acts so weird she's bizarre she never leaves us alone uh, but who can blame her on, on the other hand? Um, but yeah, and uh, the, there, there's, it's, it's to be continued. There's no resolution. I know you hate this, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My... It's, like a, it's like the Spider-Verse. It's, it's almost filler. All these documentaries we've been watching, yeah. they end before these cases have actually gone to court. Yeah. And then you get like a little postscript after the credits roll. Right. This case will be going to court next year. Yeah. So... That's my issue with all these documentaries yeah. is that we don't really get the like a conclusion or yeah. a final outcome of everything. Yeah. So uh, Natalia out in the world now, mm-hmm. legally an adult. Yeah. Um, she she kind of bounces around. Uh, people in the neighborhoods don't know what to make of her. She lives right. in a couple different neighborhoods. Yeah. She finally finds a family that takes her in. Yeah. Um, they believe her story. They believe she's the age yeah. she claims she is. Um, and she takes the Barnetts to court for uh, neglect. Yeah. Uh, but because she's legally an adult, it's not considered a child abandonment. Yeah. But because she is disabled, it's you can be accused of abandoning your disabled adult child. Yeah. So that's what Michael Barnett goes to court for. The, 
the, the case was so weird because the jurors could hear this evidence, but not this evidence or this piece of information and not this. So they, they don't know the whole story. Uh, it was, it's very odd. Um, in the end, Michael Barnett was found not guilty of yeah. abandonment. Yeah. Um, Michael Barnett. Yeah. That a whole a whole other side of this case. This man is He's How pe- would you describe Michael Barnett, he's, honey? He's a freaking cartoon character. He's the best <laughs> television to ever television. Um he's a nut job. He's completely over the top. He's out of his mind and he's so gosh dang entertaining. And yeah, the 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 doc stands on its own as as a piece of a piece of a, a entertainment content but this guy is a nut job and it's so fun to watch him just go out of his mind at, at one point he's reenacting uh abuse or hitting and that oop at one point he just starts pounding his fist into the ground he's doing an interview and he's like i'm going to show you uh the abuse that was going on. He just starts wailing on the carpet, on the floor with his fist. It's the most odd. But it's 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 great internet. It's great video. Uh, I, 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 he's he's just immensely entertaining. He, he takes the a good documentary and puts it like times a million. Uh, Michael Barnett, uh, you are our hero. <laughs> or you're a horrible human being. Or you're so You're a monster, but you're entertaining as heck. <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle. It's just like... Uh, everything um but yeah natalia grace uh thumbs yes. up michael barnett big <laughs> thumbs up um definitely check it out it's on max max formerly hbo yeah uh, okay another one we watched was on netflix mm-hmm. this is called sins of our mother yeah and this is a case you may have heard recently in the news about Lori vallow yeah. daybell and chad daybell Lori's been doomed. I'm sorry. Deemed. Lori's been deemed. And doomed. The doomsday mother and doomed. Yes. 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 Lori Vallow is. And that oop. Lori Vallow is your conventionally attractive, middle-aged, blonde woman. Um, The documentary goes through her early life. She goes through multiple husbands. Yeah. She has three kids. And she is a very religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, but as time goes on, she becomes increasingly fanatical. Yeah. She's st- sort of, her beliefs start to be on like the more fringe yeah. of uh, religion. And worst of all, she starts a podcast. Oh my goodness, <laughs> how dare she? The worst of the worst, am I right? She befriends these other people who have these like doomsday, end of the world. Right. Uh, we talk to God directly and yeah. we're very special yeah. and they, they do a podcast and uh, uh, they, they write books uh, and it's a small group, um, but they, they definitely have extreme beliefs. Uh, yeah. And then, so where things take a turn for the worse is Lori meets this guy named Chad Daybell mm-hmm. and he is kind of the leader of this little cult that they create. Looks like Chris Farley. He's um he's an author. He's a fanatic. Who he, isn't an author? He's We're broadcasters. A... <laughs> he's a self he's a self-published author, okay? The worst kind of author. He um has had a couple of near-death experiences and because of this he thinks that he has prophecies and visions right. and he predicts that the world is going to end in July 2020. Yeah. And 144,000 people will be saved from this. 
<laughs> right, odd number. Him and Lori, they come up with a ranking system. Everyone in the world yes. is on this spectrum of dark to light. Yeah. And so they start ranking Lori's family members, her children, her parents. Yeah. Uh, some and, of the- and, and there's numbers assigned too. So D6 is the worst of the worst. <laughs> and L6 is uh, love and light. They also label people as zombies, which means oh, that yeah. these yeah. people have been... Their spirits have been replaced with an evil spirit. Right. And it's no longer the real person. Right. And when someone is a zombie, well, that means Chad and Lori need to kill him. Yeah. So people start dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, Lori's brother is in this cult with them. And Lori's brother is the one who actually does the killing. Yeah. But it's at the behest of Chad Daybell, essentially. Yes. So Lori's estranged husband is killed. Yeah. Chad's wife is killed. Yeah. Uh, who else dies? Uh, well, ultimately, spoiler alert, she kills her and or Chad Daybell. Daybell, yeah. Odd last name. Uh, they kill two of Lori's kids. And yeah. one is a special needs uh, little boy. And then um, he's like six-ish. And then there's a teenager, a teenage girl. Um, and uh, yeah, they it's freaking gruesome, okay? Uh, FYI, um, they 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 burn them and Day, Daybell has some property in Idaho and they just burn them and they bury a shallow grave uh, and it's and then okay so that happens and then like a month later they get married they go to Hawaii they do the photo shoot it's a grand old time and you're like no and no one knows about the deaths yet. Um, but they just, they're smiling. They're wearing white on the beach. It's a gorgeous ceremony. The children are missing. Lori refuses to tell anyone where they are. Family is getting suspicious. Um, Lori and Chad Daybell are completely devoid of emotion. Yeah. Seem totally calm. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We, we understand. You don't understand. We know what's going on. They're just completely righteously justified in everything that they're doing and they think they're literally doing god's work and what they're supposed to be doing for the end of the world at the point that her brother kills her ex-husband shoots him uh, at their house uh lori takes charles charles is the ex-husband lori takes his rental car drives uh one of the kids to school and they get burger king on the way and then they stop at walgreens for um they flip-flops. buy some flip-flops. <laughs> so odd. Lori comes back and the police are there. They're they they're examining the body. She's giggling yeah. to the sheriff. She's, She's smiling. She's putting it on. Completely bizarre. Yeah. Just completely out of it. Yeah. Um this is a really engaging documentary. It's only three episodes, and yes. we watched all three last night, binged Correct. it. Yeah. Um so finally the court or the police demand that Lori produces the children. Of right. course, she doesn't. Right. So she's eventually taken into custody. The kids' bodies are found. Yeah. Uh, Lori and Chad are both in custody. Lori has um, been found guilty. Um, Chad is still awaiting trial. Yeah. Eventually, they were charged. Both of them charged with murder. Yeah. So Chad's uh, court, his uh, trial, his trial's Date. upcoming, yeah. September 2023, I believe. Yeah. So once again, no conclusion. Fantastic, but a fantastic documentary. Yeah. Um, it really grabs you. Uh, it's got religion. They're nut jobs. And they show, I don't know, 
uh, I don't know how they, they, they do this, but um, they get phone calls. Uh, actually, a few of the documentaries we've been watching, they have they have phone calls. And I always thought that was uh, legally you can't do that. But you see phone calls, you see text messages, you see emails, and it, it, it really yeah. puts it out there. And it's the best documentaries. You put the cameras on some nut jobs and some really eccentric people uh, and you just let them be uh, wacky and crazy. Yeah. And, and this is what happens in, in these three dogs. At the end of the day, we want to be entertained. Yeah. So these horribly tragic stories, yeah. you can tell them in a way that's boring and straightforward. Yeah. Or you can make me laugh yeah. along the way. And that's what I want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. There wasn't laughing. <laughs> laughing in Michael Bennett. Uh, the Daybells not laughing. Just in, in constant uh, astonishment. Yes. Uh, bewilderment. Shocking um, twists and turns. Yeah. Just the fa- and. They're, they're playing these conversations of Lori and her son, and Lori can't quite... Lori, for legal reasons, she's smart. Uh, she's not going to be like, oh, I killed a couple kids, but she's like, I did what I had to do. And it's like, wow, you're so freaking cold and calculated, lady. Right. Um, I felt really bad for her one living child. Yeah. He, he's older. He was in his 20s when yeah. all of this happened, so he, he wasn't under her care, which is why he was spared from this, I'm sure. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. Um, he seems really like level-headed and yeah. uh, put together, and just, he's married. Can you he's imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah, and he's just he's just taking it all in because he's on the sideline for the most part. But I, he must think every day, every night, every second, I should have done more because these are his um, sisters and brother, um, and he's trying to contact them. Um, uh, but they, they don't respond. They don't respond for a long time. And then Lori eventually cuts him off, blocks him, or uh, turns off their phone. Uh, and so he must just replay it in his mind all the time. Like, I should have done more. I should have called the police. Uh, I should have gone over there. I, I should have intervened. Um, but he didn't. Yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it's a freaking sad, sad tale. But great <laughs> documentary. Great entertainment. Do you have any uh, misgivings? Um do you have any feelings about being entertained by real life crime? I know this is yes, sort of a thing. I do. Mm. Uh, that's an in- it's an interesting question of do we even deserve to have these shows made into content for us to be yeah. paying money to watch and being entertained by? Yeah. Uh, do we? <laughs> well, what about the other like uh, the that Dahmer thing that came out um, and it was oh they're profiting off uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's horror but that that's taking a factual events and then putting a fictitious spin hiring actors or whatever right uh, so there do you, do you have problems with that is one different than the other I have more of a problem with uh, like a scripted movie about an event as opposed uh, to a documentary oh, re- oh right yeah there's a little bit of a difference there and especially when you hear the family speaking out and saying, we don't approve of this. This right. is mi- misrepresenting. This is right. disrespectful to our dead family member. Yeah. I do feel, I feel really bad and I kind of, I don't want to really want to partake. Yeah. As opposed to, we have the family members speaking and on the record and giving their side um, instead of just uh, hiring a, a director. The American Murphy, Ryan Murphy did that, right? The, the Dahmer thing. Yeah. Uh, so, and just him having his way and twisting it, spinning it because that's what you have to do when you make a movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have 
I, I don't have bad feelings about consuming this as entertainment because this happened and um, it, it, it's good to be aware of it. You can't, you can't let it overtake you and be like, ah, this is happening everywhere. I just think of it as like a tiny, tiny 0.0000% of people um, do this, act like this, behave like, like this. And uh, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's, you're always like the motive, all, every crime. What's the motive? Why they do this? And 100% of the time you never get the motive or it's unclear because someone died or the killer or whatever. But uh, I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, but it, it does it does affect me. And I do feel sad that this happened. And thank God it doesn't happen to me or you or us um, or anyone in our lives. Uh, but let's move on to the third one, honey. Third and final, Take Care of Maya, yeah. which is also on Netflix. Mm-hmm. This is a story of an anguished couple in Florida who battle authorities for custody of their ailing daughter yeah. after they have been accused of child medical abuse. Yes. So, um, yeah. Okay, so uh, there's a family, mom and dad. They have a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. Happy, thriving family. Yeah. When their daughter is about nine years old, she starts experiencing some some strange medical issues. Um, she has horrible stomach pain. Uh, she loses the ability to move her arms and legs. Yeah. Her feet turn inward. Yeah. She's in constant full body pain. Yeah. And the parents take her to various doctors. No one can diagnose it. And they finally find this guy. Yeah. Dr. Kirkpatrick. Sure. I think. Um, and he identifies her diagnosis. He gives her a diagnosis. It's called complex regional pain syndrome, hmm. and it primarily affects teenage girls. Mm-hmm. And what he's found that can help with this is low doses of ketamine. Yes. And ketamine is like a drug they give horses. Yes. And it's also like a party drug right. that people use in yeah. the clubs. Yeah. Um, but in low dosages, it can be like medically beneficial. So he starts giving her low doses of ketamine. That's still not helping. So this doctor recommends that the parents take her to Mexico. Yeah. This has to be done in Mexico. Because you can't, yeah, you can't do it in America. What they're going to do is they put her in a medically induced five to seven day coma where they give her large amounts of ketamine. Yeah, they jack her full of ketamine uh, and then she slips into a coma. and, And the doctor was like, she might not wake up. She might die, and they're like, oh, "Well, we, they're they're at their wits' end because they've been through the system, uh, and and no no one can diagnose it except this one guy." So, so they fly down to Mexico, and there there's again there's video and um, the the mom recorded a bunch of phone calls, did tons of video, and uh, you see uh, this little girl, this young girl. Uh, in in a in a freaking coma for days and days and spoiler she wakes up okay but uh it's still just like that messes with my mind i i still think about it like you have to go to that extreme um to help help your uh help your daughter yeah so luckily she wakes up and um hi she 
she a lot of her pain is gone. So this medically induced coma actually yeah. worked. Yeah. A lot of her pain is gone. They come home. Yeah. It's it's not she's not completely cured, but she's much better. Yeah. She can she can play with her brother and all that stuff. So she keeps seeing this, And she's doing rehab also. She's like Yeah, uh, physical therapy yeah. type stuff. She keeps seeing this doctor, uh stays under his care. They continue to give her low dosages of ketamine. Mm -hmm. That's like her pain maintenance. And it's on an ongoing basis. So she's good for like a year or so. And then one day she relapses and the pain comes back like in full force. Yeah. And her parents don't to do. They take her to the emergency room at John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in Florida. Yeah. They take her to the ER. The doctors, have. they don't... They've never heard of complex regional pain syndrome. Right. They have no idea what that is. They have no idea what's wrong with this girl. So they admit her. And pretty quickly, they become very suspicious of this child's diagnosis. The fact that the parents say she needs ketamine. That's her medicine. Yeah. So almost immediately, the the uh, child services intervene. Yeah. Um, I think every hospital or at least every children's hospital in the United States, um, they have social workers who are like hospital staff, social workers yeah, on staff. Yeah. And if there's anything suspicious going on with a child, they automatically do like a child welfare, child welfare check. Yeah. Um, and in the documentary, it talks about how this, this, uh, medical abuse is kind of a new phenomena with, within, uh, the like CPS and, child abuse it's kind of a recent thing that's been a lot of parents are getting their children taken away yeah for child medical abuse yeah. sometimes or oftentimes the parents are accused of a munchausen by proxy right and the mom in this case they actually did an evaluation and she was found that she did not have munchausen by proxy and can you explain munchausen by proxy that's when a parent um, purposefully makes their child sick uh, or prevents their child from being healed yeah because uh, they like the attention. Right. Um, they like the drama of it. Right. Um, but in this case, Maya's mom did not, that was not the issue with her. However, they they still thought, they still um, took Maya into custody. Yeah. She stayed in the hospital for months. Yeah, you see her just sitting in this hospital bed, wasting away because she can't move much. She's almost immobile. Um and so she's just sitting there, laying there, hours and hours. Um, and then the documentary—that's re- when it really takes a turn into, and it focuses on um, the child welfare and this, the government and the system and what they do. Uh, at one point, um, so she can't call her mom. Uh, but then, at a certain point, they're like, "Okay, well, you can talk on the phone with." Uh, uh, an empl- a government employee, a, a child welfare worker on the line also. But, mom, you can't ask anything specific about the treatment. You can't ask how she's doing. You can't ask how the care is. You- so the mom would be like, uh, how, how was your day? Uh, are you feeling better? And the, the third party a lady uh, also on the phone, mom, you need to redirect that question. And so... This happens a couple times in the course of a few minutes. You need to redirect that, redirect that. And so it's it's so odd that she can't ask how her kid's doing because they're keeping up this wall that she could be an abuser. She is an abuser. Um, 
very, very, very odd. Uh, spoiler alert, the mom commits suicide. Uh, to, she just can't, well, after only a few months. After only a few months, there's a day where they go to court to try to, they're before a judge to try to once again get custody of their daughter back. Yeah. Judge not only denies them that, doesn't even let the mom, the mom requests, can I please give Maya a hug? Right, right. Judge says no. Yeah. And that night is when the mom goes home and kills herself. Yeah. Um, Maya at this point is only about 11 years old, yeah. 12 years old maybe. Um, pretty immediately after the mom's death, they release her back to the father. So she's yeah. given back to her, back to her family. The documentary really focuses on and drills down on a uh, care worker by the name of Susan Smith. Unfortunately named after the lady who drove her kids into a freaking lake. Oh dear. Them. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, Susan Smith and um, that she's just, she will not, she, but see, she, she, she keeps Maya in the hospital, keeps mom away from Maya. Um, but is so the whole time you're like, does Susan is Susan Smith a terrible person, or does she really believe that something is going on here? Uh, this job, uh, CPS, uh, child welfare, DC, FAS, whatever you want to call it, uh, I, I don't envy it. it it's oh, no. super difficult, super hard to make that call. It's got to be one of the worst jobs to have. Yeah. Um, do, do you think she's a terrible person, or she's just very... <laughs> cautious i think she has good intentions yeah and i think she i think a lot of people who work in cps and child welfare i think i think number one they want the kids to be protected and safe yeah but i think sometimes their judgment is clouded yeah uh i think they oftentimes don't really listen to the parents or give the parents a chance mm. it, it's it, hard to say uh, i think i think overall CPS does more harm than good. Ah. And I didn't used to think that, but I've been, after hearing more stories, after watching this documentary, I've listened to a couple of podcasts over the last year. Yeah. And I, it, it seems like child services doesn't protect kids that need it. Yeah. And harms and tears apart families who don't yeah. deserve it. But you need a layer there, right? You need an organization to to kind of take it in and make a judgment for in the case of abusers don't you i, I would think so right. i know i, I it's, mean it's, i agree it's impossible. with you it, it, it's it's an impossible uh, task absolutely job. and then there's that other documentary on netflix which was huge uh the trials of gabriel fernandez that yeah. came out a few years ago yeah. horrible heartbreaking story of parents who abused their child and he ended up dead yeah. and cps was involved yeah uh, cps was tried in court for failing to fall for falsifying records failing to do what they're supposed to do yeah. essentially not intervening so you have that extreme and then you have yeah there were so many yeah um there were so many stories and examples in the maya documentary yeah of other families yeah once the story comes out in the newspapers and tv or whatever uh people just start pouring in to reporters calling them, emailing uh, with their own stories that this this is widespread. Uh, th this issue, um, I maintain that anything at the state level is widespread. 
Um, nothing is 100% perfect. Nothing. Uh, and so a case here, a case there on the local level, statewide, nationwide, uh, it's going to look like a huge, huge problem. Um, it's it's impossible. But le like you said, you, you also, every, one, every year or whatever, you hear a story of... Uh, Social workers paid a welfare visit to uh, to 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 that to a house, and oh look, there's a little Sarah. She looks fine. They, and they check some boxes, and they're like, "All right, see you later." And lo and behold, Sarah is like chained uh, to to uh, oh my gosh. Uh, in the basement or whatever. Right. You, you hear those stories. Um, I, again, I w I would not do that job for a million dollars. Super difficult. Um, just having that on my mind when you make a mistake. That results in a kid who's really abused or a kid dies. I do not envy them. Uh, but uh, the, the, um, the, the documentary definitely had a side. And I feel bad for Susan Smith, uh, to be perfectly blunt. Um, so there, there, is, there is bias in, in this documentary. She doesn't talk. And why would you talk? I mean, what, what would you say? Um, but... Uh, Overall, yeah, there's issues with CPS, um, but that's 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 gonna happen. There's issues with everything, uh, and it makes it into a good documentary and entertaining. Uh, but yeah, the 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 two things that I I continue to think about are the parents flying down and uh, just putting her into a coma in the hopes that she gets better and she's fine now she's she's uh she's perfectly like a just a teenage girl now um uh not a hundred percent but she's she's there she's on she's on camera she's doing interviews she's she walks around she's she's functioning yeah pretty normally it seems yeah, yeah. Uh, and physically at least she seems emotionally obviously just a wreck yeah and her brother and her father yeah like this whole thing is yeah just... it's dragging on <laughs> And and the the hospital, you talk about big pharma and uh, lobby and money and interest groups and legal uh, uh, legal legal costs and how things can get tied up in court and the 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 firm representing this group of hospitals is they just put things off and they bring things up and things get delayed and delayed and uh, Maya and her dad and brother. They're just they just want resolution, um, but it's it's not coming. Uh, but yeah, the the coma and then the Susan Smith of it all, uh, extremely difficult ish, issue. Uh, there is no right answer. But, uh, hopefully we get, we get some entertainment out of it. Mm. I know that sounds horrible, but it is what it is. I guess. Yeah, really sad all around. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like what's the answer? What's the solution? I don't know. Yeah, because I don't have it. <laughs> neither do I. And uh... the solution is to make <laughs> documentaries. Uh, yeah, but you, the podcast you listened to was about the Texas system, right? Yeah, um, in Texas, there was uh, a child who died. CPS uh, was involved, but they didn't remove the child, or the, they seemed to not have done enough. Yeah, so it ended up in court, and the. The guy, the like the head of the child welfare yeah. system really came down hard on his employees. Yeah. I never want this to happen again. And yeah. so they've really cracked down on um, intervening, removing children, like remove, 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 yeah. um, as opposed to doing more thorough investigation. Um, so 
this was focused on what happens specifically in this area in Texas. And again, it's a lot of uh, a kid falls and hits their head. Parents take them to the doctor. Mm -hmm. They're they're seen pretty immediately by a social worker in the hospital. And they're not told who this they're not told that this is a CPS social worker person. They Mm -hmm. think it's a medical person. Right. So parents parents are just they're caught off guard. They don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, they're right there in the hospital. Their child is removed from their care. Mm. A lot of parents end up going to jail, being imprisoned. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard because obviously I don't want kids to be in the, right. in the home with someone that was abusing them. Right. But it seems we're hearing more and more stories yeah. about parents who are innocent. Yeah who children are taken away and then they have to go through such an ordeal to get them back. Sometimes it takes years. The yeah. children end up being in foster care, yeah. being not taking great care of in foster care. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a whole, whole nother issue. Nursing babies taken away from their mother and yeah. just it's. Yeah. I couldn't imagine it happening uh, to you. I mean, you've had to take mine to the hospital a few times recently. Um, but I, it's it's really does someone come into the room and say hmm what's up with that broken wrist lennox but uh that hasn't happened thank god it's really scary when your kids are so young that they can't talk Ah. because when the kids can't talk right then they're it's immediate it's like child abuse is the first thing that according to these stories that we hear yeah the first thing that is goes to the minds of the doctors and the medical people yeah i could absolutely see that my baby fell has a bruise, take him to the hospital. My baby has a bruise. And, well, they jumped to conclusions. I would err on the side of caution, okay? No one would get away with Jack. <laughs> I <laughs> know. If I was a social worker, I'd be like, oh, well, I tried my best. It's Instead a- of just uh, collecting a paycheck and saying, oh, seems okay. He seems like a nice guy or whatever. It's just, it's so easy to make judgments. Yeah. And, like, immediately put people in a box. Oh, I don't like the way, I don't like your gruff appearance i don't like the way you're talking right in in your brain and so you immediately right. assume you're a bad person ah uh, yeah and i mean just, doctors just and making, social workers yeah. are we're all humans with biases yeah. and just like we're all making immediate judgments about oh, yeah. people very superficial <laughs> yeah and uh of course none of us want children being hurt right so it's it's a really it's a difficult yeah. thing to figure out what's right what should be done yeah. what could be done differently yeah well, it will never be figured out, uh, <laughs> but it's another entertaining documentary. Uh, go through the titles one more time, honey. Uh, the Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Yes, Michael Bennett, best comedy on TV, best comedy on the internet, good video. Sins of Our Mother. Yes, very L- good. Lori Vallow. Nut job. Doomsday Mother. Yeah. Take Care of Maya. Yeah. And the saddest, <laughs> the saddest of the three. Oh, they're all, they're all freaking sad. Okay. Well, this was a downer of an episode. Yes. Well, it's a downer of a, of a world that we live in. Alrighty. Well, that's the end of the program. It's been fun, but not really. Let's all try a little harder next time. We will. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, review, and rate, or don't. Do whatever you want. You're a grown up. Make your own decisions. Do what's best for your family. Please be sure to use our promo code for Helix Mattress. We don't have a promo code for Helix Mattress. Goodbye, my podcast friends. I love you. My husband and I love you. Hello.
We hope you have a good day today and tomorrow. And sure, we may find entertainment in horrifying crimes. Well, what do you want us to do? But we're still good people, and I'm still a good person. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. Thank you for caring. I hope you have a wonderful day slash night. Oh, bye. Yay.